Welcome, apartment investors. You're listening to Reap Equity's podcast show, Passive Wealth Through Multifamily Investing. Reap Equity owns and manages 1,800 units and brings a unique behind-the-scenes look at apartment investing. During this program, you will hear from REAP principals and real-life successful multifamily professionals who will provide proven advice on why apartment investing is the best investment vehicle to produce passive monthly income. Welcome to another edition of REAP Equities, Passive Wealth Through Multifamily Investing. REAP Equity was founded by Jacob Garza, Chris Martinez, and me. Personally, I've been syndicating multifamily deals since 2012, and we've syndicated or purchased 1,975 units on our own, and we've gone full cycle on four of the 12 that we purchased, and we currently hold eight properties with just under 1,800 units. And in addition to syndicating, REAP Equity is vertically integrated, which means that we not only handle all the phases of multifamily acquisition, but we also manage our own companies through our management company, REAP Management. So again, we're excited today to have you join us. Our topic today answers a question that we are often asked, which is how does passive investing in multifamily help me build wealth? That's something that we all are excited and interested in doing. And so we thought it'd be a good topic to share with you. So not only am I going to share what I know on this topic, as I also invest passively, in fact, in about 1,800 units across Texas, Georgia, and Florida. But I'm excited to have Ken Harris join us, a longtime passive investor and real estate entrepreneur, which I have a lot of respect for. And he's going to help us shed light on this question based on his experience as a passive investor. So welcome, Ken. We're so excited to have you with us. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. We're glad that you could be here. And, you know, I always like to share a little bit about our guests. So I also find that I learn a lot from reading people's bios. I consider Ken a friend and I thought I knew everything about him, but I don't. So let me share a little bit about him. He's been active in the real estate business or arena since 1971 and has extensive experience in both residential and commercial real estate investments. In fact, he owned a residential real estate brokerage firm, a property management firm, and has done leasing and management of office, retail, and multifamily properties. And if that wasn't enough, he's also experienced with site acquisitions, development, and project management which he acquired through his work with large national and regional chains, such as 7-Eleven, et cetera, and with telecommunications powerhouses. So, wow, impressive resume. I really would like to stop now and, and thank Ken for his service to our country. Ken, after reading your resume, I was really, really impressed. So thank you uh, for your service to our country. Sure, you bet. Well, and what he did was he served in the U.S. Air Force, and he received a bronze star and Air Force Commendation Medals for Meritorious Service. So again, I can't say enough good things about his service to our country. And in addition to that, he has a BA in economics. You know, that's impressive. But what I'm most impressed about is Ken's love of life. So Ken, tell us, what do you like to spend your time doing these days besides real estate investing? Well, these days, it's a lot of outdoor stuff. I like to hike and bike and camp and canoe, kayak, things like that. I like to enjoy the outdoors, mostly in Texas, but uh, and a little snow skiing here and there from time to time. 
that sort of stuff. I like the outdoors. Great. Great. So I think you were, you recent, or you did a pretty long bike ride recently or in your previous past. Tell us about that. About five years ago, in honor of my uh, 70th birthday, I um, <clears throat> rode a bicycle across the country, coast to coast, 3,872 miles from San Francisco to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Wow. How long did that take? And it was, took us 52 days of uh, 47 days of riding, and then we had five days off spread out through that time frame. So as you made that ride, does anything significant come to mind as far as, you know, a particular part of the country that um, you really loved when you trekked across the U.S.? Before I made the ride, somebody made the comments that you'll never view the United States the same. And uh, that's true. <clears throat> Actually, in that trip, there were 16 states I'd never visited before. And then I rode my bicycle all the way across them. And so <clears throat> this is a great country we live in. And I have had moderate amount of world travel. And one time this actually occurred in Hong Kong. I was on a tour. There were some Israelis. They'd been to Australia and they were on their way back to Israel. And they started talking about New York City. And I said, well, I'd never been to New York City. And they couldn't believe that. And then they started talking about other places in the United States they had seen. And I realized, wow, I need to see more of this country. And so uh, it did give me a great appreciation for the United States. It's a great country we live in. It has lots of diverse and beautiful real estate. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I've done limited amounts of travel in the U.S. I've probably been to 10 states, but uh, I think it's a goal. I'm Hopefully one day we'd be able to do what you've done as far as riding a bike across the U.S., but I'll put that on my bucket list and let's see how far I get. That's for sure. It's a great idea. Wonderful. Well, I'm sure your investments have allowed you to enjoy the quality of life that you are enjoying today. And I want to talk a little bit about what it is that you need to have or be to be a passive investor. And this is a question I get asked a lot and it really is pretty simple to answer. Knowledge of real estate investing, an understanding of risks that are involved, and funds to invest. Those three things are really key. But within that, you know, there's also requirements that um, the SEC puts in place. And for example, to invest with REAP equity, we follow the SEC rules established under Regulation D, more specifically Rule 506B. And what this means is that we work with accredited or sophisticated investors. And this is where I get the questions. What's the difference? So accredited investors really need to have a net worth of more than a million dollars, excluding the value of their primary residence, or they must meet certain income benchmarks. For example, individuals need to have made more than 200000 per year for the previous two years. And this is the other interesting part, and have the expectation of continuing to do so. Married persons must have a combined income of at least 300000 a year. So that's accredited investors. Sophisticated is a little different in that this doesn't have the same metrics um, required of accredited investors, but sophisticated investors are considered to have a depth of experience and market knowledge and sufficient capital to invest. This really gets back to understanding what is involved with real estate investing. And again, you still have to have the capital to invest, which is a requirement um, 
whether you're accredited or sophisticated. So I want to turn it back to Ken. You're an experienced investor. I mean, over, over 47 years, I think, qualifies you as experienced. But tell us how you got started investing in multifamily. Well, the truth is, over the years, real estate has its good times and bad times, as we know. And we had some great times back in the 70s and early 80s. And then in the 90s, uh, last part of the 90s, I didn't even make a living in the real estate business. But in 1990, I got back into it got into a specialized area. And and that was um, good to me. It was a, I was in the right place at the right time, so I made some decent money, but it took all of my time. I did have to do is just kind of pick up what I could, where I could. A few little rent houses and duplexes along the way. Held on to them for a long time. But I reached a point in my life where I was facing what we, we, t- we talk about retirement, but I, I definitely wanted to have uh, less responsibilities. And I decided I, I really didn't want to be saddled with a lot of the responsibilities that go along with owning real estate directly, having rent houses and duplexes. Even if I have a manager, I have to manage the manager. And I began to look at the different opportunities and get a better understanding about passive investing. That is, having my money someplace, earning for me without having to have a lot of the responsibilities associated with that. And I began to investigate. And ultimately what I chose to do is literally liquidate all of my rent properties that I directly owned and and take that money to invest. And of course, we all know about could invest in a CD, for example. I've heard those affectionately referred to as certificates of disappointment. <laughs> I haven't heard it, but that's that's a, an appropriate phrase. Right. And so um, that really doesn't give you very much. And as I began to investigate in investing in, um, I, w- I really started out with the idea I wanted to be a deal sponsor. I wanted to do what you do. I wanted to do what REAP Equity does. And as I began to really investigate and learn a lot, I decided that's a lot of hard work. I mean, it is. It's not easy. You have to be at a place in your life where you're ready to take on a lot of responsibility and work very hard. Now, of course, it has great benefits. And if you're at a place in your life where that's what you want to do, that's awesome. But I chose not to. I decided, hey, I want to be as passive an investor as possible. I know someone who's very successful and he he says um, he really likes to avoid that dirty four-letter word, W-O-R-K. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit like that myself, is uh, I really want to in, enjoy, enjoy life as much as possible. And so passive investing in real estate is a great opportunity. Uh, the returns uh, I've experienced have been quite good. And sure, there's some risk involved, but I think in terms of the investment opportunities that are available to me today, Passive investing in B and C apartments is about as secure as you can get, particularly here in Texas and in some of the better markets across the country. Not just any apartment anywhere, but uh, and with the right people. There's no doubt that my choice to have money invested with uh, REIT is not by accident. You guys know what you're doing, and I feel very safe (laughs) uh, with my investments. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate that. You know, I, I think. You embody what a lot of people want to do in terms of setting up their life so that 
when they do decide to take it easy, I won't use the retirement word again, I'll use your words, that, you know, building your wealth to allow you to do that is everyone's goal, I think, in life. Now, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is why multifamily? I mean, you've done commercial, you've done Mm -hmm. residential, you've done all the site, you know, acquisition work. Why multifamily? What was it about multifamily that you liked? In general, in general, uh, multifamily has proven throughout history, a very long time, to be a a very stable investment. There is less volatility, generally, in a residential investment. There's still opportunity for reasonable cash flow and appreciation. Multifamily apartments, particularly larger apartments, in the right parts of the country are very, very stable investments. And in terms of security, they're uh, just much more stable than office or retail. You take retail, boy, it doesn't take but one vacancy and you can have it have a major impact on a retail center. And uh, the office market shifts a lot. And so multifamily, It's just the safest place to have your money, particularly relative to the kind of returns you can make. Sure. And and we've seen that, you know, you talked about the BNC space, which is the, our preferred space in the multifamily market, because what we've seen through looking at history is that, you know, when you have a downturn in an economy, those that are living in your class A buildings that can't afford the rent move down to a class B, and then those that are in a class B and can't afford that, move down to a class C. And we've got a huge renter market across the country. And so we agree with you. I think, you know, it is generally more stable, uh, not as volatile as, as other areas of real estate. And that's why we've chosen multifamily to be our, our only focus uh, in terms of real estate investing. So we agree wholeheartedly with you. Now, are there any, I mean, what markets are you invested in? If you want to share that and then how many total units or deals are you invested in passively? I asked my assistant this morning to check for me and, and about 16 deals right now. And that's over 2000 doors, 2000 units totaled up. Uh, some of those are quite small. Um, but, and of course, some of the larger ones I'm invested in are, are with REAP, mostly in Texas. I have one investment in Albuquerque and, and one in Lawrence, Kansas, but the rest of them are in Texas. I like Texas. So I like investing in Texas. Yeah, we agree with you also. I mean, outside of two deals that we invested, one in Florida and one in Georgia. Everything we hold is also in Texas. We just know the market and we know the growth of population, employment, and rent growth in these markets. And those are all three key things um, for a good multifamily investment. So we agree with you on that as far as that goes. But let's talk a little bit about the benefits of being a passive investor. I mean, Ken, tell us how much work do you have to do as a passive investor? The most work you do on passive investing is choosing where you're going to invest the money. Once you've made that decision, uh, we just don't have very much to do. Now, I will say that I think there are people that work at it more than I do. They really do some pretty heavy analysis on the progress of the properties in which they're invested. I don't. I try to diversify. I try to spread things around lots of different places. And so um, once I make an investment, I don't do much of anything. You know, investing in real estate versus some of the other investments like the stock market has the benefit of the fact that 
real estate is tangible. You can go see it. And that's about as much as I ever do is go take a look once in a while at some of the places I've invested. But other than that, no, it's not much work. And you can uh, read the reports that come quarterly and take a look at the status. And I just look at the bottom line. That's about it for me. Great. Well, when you're looking at choosing where to invest your money, how do you weigh the deal itself versus the deal sponsor? That's a good question. And I don't do a very good job of that. I'm being very candid. There are many, there are just many people that I know that do a much better job than I do at processing the numbers. And my decision is made an awful lot on how comfortable I feel with the people involved. And sometimes that's a gut decision. And I've made a few of those that um, didn't work out as well as I expected, but I've made some of those that worked out very, very well, surprisingly well. If, if a person has the ability to do the analysis, it's a certainly a good idea. And, and I, I do some, uh, work some of the numbers, but most of mine is made on how I feel about the people I'm investing with. Great. And that's important. It, it is for me also when I look at passive deals, I look at the deal sponsor involved. I'll look at what is their track record? What have they done? Have they taken a deal full cycle from buying it to selling it? And what were their results? That's always been a big part of how I, I look at, at the investment in addition to the numbers um, that are behind it. Because, you know, as you said earlier, there's really two ways you're going to get money out of these deals. And one is cash flow. And that means from the operations of the multifamily property, you know, as, as people are paying their rent, pay the expenses and what left, what's left over goes to the investors, which is a great way to make some money because those renters are, are paying our mortgage for us, uh, much like you would in a single family or, or something like that. So, and then the other side of that is the appreciation, as you mentioned, and that is as we build the value of that property, at some point, there is an event, a capital event. You're either going to refinance it and pull some of the money out and return some of that to investors, or you're going to sell it. And the goal is to sell it at a higher amount than you purchased it at so that everybody has, um, you know, a big capital inflow from that deal. So lots of things to consider there. And, you know, in addition, I mean, Ken, you may or may not be as involved with your CPA, but tax benefits of multifamily investing, how important is that to you? That, um, I am involved with my CPA, and uh, it's very important. The tax benefits, as far as real estate is concerned, that's one of the primary benefits investing. Now, with my self-directed 401k, I don't invest in real estate. I invest in other things like notes, for example. And that's because the self-directed 401k can't really make very good use of the tax benefits. So I try to keep those investments in, in something other than real estate, but I don't pay very much taxes because of the benefits that come from owning real estate. Yeah, I think that is one of the big things that we see. And, you know, when you're investing you're going to either invest cash or you're going to invest through an IRA. And you're right on the IRA side, there may not be as much on the tax side that you benefit from because the funds are already in a tax deferred vehicle. 
however, what, what I find in investing through my IRA, self-directed IRA, is that I can't get the returns from my stockbroker investing just in traditional investments, you know, stocks and bonds, et cetera. That's a very good point. So that's why, you know, I've invested my self-directed IRA funds in real estate because I'm getting the returns that are much higher. And then when I invest cash, I like the benefits of depreciation. And I don't know how much everyone understands, but the income from investing in multifamily, we report on what's called a K-1. Mm-hmm. And that's what your CPA is going to use to evaluate your, you know, tax situation. And multifamily is huge on that side because we do what's called a cost segregation. So typically what you'll see on, you know, the K-1 report that shows you what you earn from your real estate investment is you'll see the income, you'll see the expenses, and then you'll see depreciation that is deducted. So the whole goal of all of that is to reduce the taxable portion to as little as possible so that when it passes through to your personal taxes, there's very little, hopefully you have to pay tax on. And so with us, we are big on cost segregation and I'm not going to pretend to be a CPA or go into all the finite details of cost segregation, but I can just share an overview that Normally, a depreciation on an asset is taken over 27 and a half years. In our case, by completing a cost segregation study, we're able to accelerate certain categories of that asset so that we're depreciating it over less years, which means the amount of the depreciation is higher. We're putting things in 5, 7, 15-year categories instead of the 27 and a half. And therefore, we're taking larger depreciation amounts and passing that along to our investors so that hopefully it helps them in their tax situations. Again, one of the big benefits of multifamily investing is you are typically dealing with a larger asset and therefore your depreciation amounts can be significantly larger. There are also other things like you know 1031 exchanges, which are available with real estate, and you've got bonus depreciation. So Again, I'm not going to pretend or or say I am a a tax advisor because that is not what I am. However, I do recommend that you do talk to a tax advisor, understand the benefits of real estate investing and how it can help you with your taxes. Ken's already told us it it helps him and and I know it helps me. But, you know, Ken, I want you to, to share some of your recommendations to other passives or those who are considering investing passively. I mean, where should they start? You know, the number one thing or the first place they should start with passive investing. Sure. I get asked that question a lot too. The first thing I recommend to people, of course, is to get around other folks that are investing. And and I encourage them to participate in the meetups. There are plenty of real estate oriented, multifamily meetups that are available out there. And I encourage them to participate in those, get to know other people. And the next thing is, if they're serious, then pursue some of the mentors that are available. And there's lots of them out there. And I I have my favorites, the ones that I like, but there's lots of them. There's many choices. I don't know anybody that's actively participating with a mentor that um, has not been successful after they've followed the guidance that's been given by the mentors. So there's plenty of uh, education out there. And so that's my recommendation. One other thing 
I encourage people is if you're brand new at this, don't rush. It takes a little bit of time of paying attention to what's going on and talking to other people and learning before you make any commitments of any sort. I think that's excellent advice, Ken. I wouldn't want to put, you know, 50,000, 100,000 at risk without understanding what I'm putting it into. And you're exactly right. These meetup groups and getting a mentor will help you avoid a, a huge mistake because you'll understand more about what's involved with real estate investing, and in, in this case, multifamily. So I definitely endorse your recommendation of getting a mentor and also becoming part of a network or a group that right. is doing this every day so that you can bounce ideas off of each other. I mean, that's a great way to meet deal sponsors and to hear you know about what's happening in the market. So definitely think that's very, very, very important. I think the other thing is get with a mentor that can help you understand the underwriting behind a deal, the numbers behind a deal, because that is going to determine whether that deal is, you know, mildly successful, moderately successful, or hugely successful. And it's understanding how that deal sponsor put the numbers together. Were they conservative? Were they aggressive? Well, you may not know that unless you understand the difference between how a deal should be underwritten or not. And so I agree that a mentor can help you in so, so many ways. And I think, you know, when you look at a syndicator or a deal sponsor, Ken, you talked about it. You go with your gut and your gut is telling you what. What is it about that person that you gravitate to or makes you decide, yeah, I want to invest with that person? And, and I think, Ken, I mean, is it somebody that you've met before more than once or is it just somebody that you feel like has the, the background or understanding? Very good question. Two of the deals that have been most successful for me in the last couple of years that I invested in, these, these were new people. This, these were their first deals. But there was something in me that believed that they were going to make sure it was successful. They were going to do everything they possibly could and make every effort. Since it was their first deal, they basically could not afford for it to not be successful. And so that's exactly what happened. Even though it was their first deal, these were they were knowledgeable people, smart people, hardworking people. And I could tell, as far as I was concerned, the chances were very high they were going to be successful. So they look like, act like the kind of people that are going to make it happen. Great. And these are, it sounds like these are people that you spent some time getting to know. Yes. No okay. two ways about that. Yes, I did. Yes, okay. I did. Great. What do you find uh, the biggest challenges for new passive investors? Is it meeting the syndicators? Is it finding the deals, educating themselves? What do you think is the biggest challenge a new are passive you? investor faces? Yeah, you listed some important things there for sure. I think making connections to what's going on. You know, one of the things we've talked about is the fact that for passive investors who are not accredited investors, the rules are different. Accredited investors can avail themselves of opportunities that are literally advertised. They can be newspaper articles or radio, television, whatever it happens to be. But if you're not an accredited investor, uh, the rules are a little different. And accredited investors, those deals are 
made available on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Deal sponsors cannot utilize general solicitations like advertising. There has to be an established relationship. So I think for sophisticated, non-accredited investors, one of the biggest challenges is becoming part of a community where you can make connections that meet the rules. And that, I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Great. And, and can you host a meetup in Austin? Tell us a little bit about that. We have a meetup in Austin every Tuesday at lunchtime. And that meetup was started with the very purpose in mind that we're talking about. And that is making available to deal sponsors people who are interested in investing and the same thing, making available to potential investors, passive investors, opportunities for those investments and to get to know the people involved and make those connections. So we meet every Tuesday at lunchtime and we, we have usually in the neighborhood of about 50 or so people that show every week. And we have some strong relationships that have been established. We have people that have brought deals in there and those deals have made money for investors. And we have investors that have made connections with deal sponsors that have been successful for them. So that's the thing for people to do. And that's one of the bigger challenges is finding those opportunities, making those meetings and establishing those relationships that allow for the opportunities to make the investments. If somebody wanted to participate in your meetup in Austin, can how can they get a hold of somebody to, to get the information? Sure. Certainly, uh, they, can, they can reach out to me directly. I'm happy to share my phone number, email. What yeah, we'd like. why don't you share your email? That's probably the best place to start. They can reach out to me. It's Ken Harris, all one word, K-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. That's at Harris Properties. That's with a plural, P-R-O-P-E-R-T-I-E-S, Harris properties.biz, B-I-Z, like business. Ken Harris at harrisproperties.biz, and we will send them all the information, help them get connected. That's great. Yeah, it's a great meetup if you're interested and you're in the Austin area or want to travel to Austin. It's, it's every Tuesday at, at noon, and Ken is happy to share the additional details with you on that. REAP Equity also hosts a meetup, Apartment Investor Mastery Meetup in San Antonio, the second Wednesday of every month at 11.30 at Mamacitas. So um, looking forward to, to meeting some of you if you're in the San Antonio market and Ken will take good care of you in the Austin market. Either way, you can find a group to make those connections that Ken talked about. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and I wanna just reiterate a couple of tips and that is you know, for new passive investors, Set your goal and, you know, make connections, network with folks that are in the market, buying multifamily or other real estate. Know how much you've got to invest. That will make a difference. Know what people are, you know, what deals are out there. And as Ken said, you know, diversify your investments. You may want to choose to invest in Dallas or Houston or San Antonio or Austin um, or other markets throughout the U.S. And then overcome the fear. Do your homework and find the right deal sponsor and the right deal. Our recommendation is through aligning yourself with other people that are doing this or, or get a mentor. That's a great way to improve your knowledge about multifamily investing. 
With that, Ken, thank you so much for being our guest. I want to I want to congratulate you as well for uh, I guess you might say making the effort to do this. I think that it gives an opportunity for lots of folks to learn lots of things, and and that's great that you are willing to make the effort to do what you have to do to make it happen. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ken. Really appreciate it, and it, it is about you know sharing and passing it forward. So. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today on this edition of Rebequity's Passive Wealth to Multifamily Investing. Thank you, and have a great day. Thanks.